What's your story, Keith? Uh, so I'm from Massachusetts, so they, they do it a little differently up there. So I went to a Votech. So from ninth grade through 12th grade, I went to the same building all the time, and it was two weeks of shop. Oh, wow. You got started in ninth grade there. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Right, so so you, you go through exploratory, and you, you, you try a few different shops. Oh, nice. And then uh, you get to kind of figure out which one you like and move into it. You, so you go to shop for two weeks, class for two weeks. I eventually went into the electrical program, and I was going to become an electrician, and I got nearly 2,500 hours towards my license, uh, and I was working with some electricians, and my school even hired me to do electrical work there during summers, and then I decided, um, you know what, I, I really don't love the the labor side of it, but I do love electricity, <laughs> Yeah. so I, I went off to college and you know, went to Penn State and ended up getting my engineering degree, just because you know, that, that was the building book. I knew for sure uh, from probably about fourth or fifth grade, I was going to do something with electricity, and that, that's just how it took me there. So, and, and my college education's been fantastic. I, I love it, but what's really helped me most in what I do as an engineer today is everything I learned those years. I learned how to use a code book. I learned how to read blueprints. I learned how to install it. I learned how to troubleshoot it. So that, that was big for me personally. We are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now I am Rashawn Garnett. And with me, I have Mike Roberts. And welcome back <laughs> after the quiet game. We got 30 seconds of room noise. I could hear the clock ticking. And it's important. <laughs> For all my audio production folks, you will understand why you need room noise. I don't. I'm trying to explain. <laughs> it's because you don't edit, Mike. But no. Let's get let's stay focused here. Let's stay focused okay. here. We got a group of guests here for you today. But first, I got to get the house business out of the way. And I, I got to remind you, we're playing from home today. Playing from home today back in the CTE yeah. offices. One home game, then an away game in the series. And then we're out. Okay. so um, But first, I want to remind you guys, check us out. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Check out the CTE summer programs that we have available uh, to your youth, the youths, the kids, the students, the t- <laughs> See, I got Mike. I got Mike turned to red already. Well, no, That's because I just thought of a joke, and I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah, just please. <laughs> if you think about it, and you think maybe I should say this, maybe I shouldn't say this, probably should let it go. Yeah. So, uh, again, summer programs uh, for you: summer building trades and summer polytech. Summer polytech is available for ninth and twelfth graders. And Summer Building Trades is available for rising 10th and 11th graders. You can register by visiting HenricoCTE.com. Hold on to your seat, folks. Forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash. Again, if you didn't get it the first time, HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen or dash, whatever you want to call it. Programs forward slash Summer Polytech. Again, available to 9th and 12th graders and Summer Building Trades for rising 10th. And 11th graders, go there, sign up, and learn some new skills. Just use kids. the search box, look for summer programs. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah, it'd probably be a lot easier. I'm gonna to have that. to fix that URL for last year, for next year. And I'm gonna keep <laughs> and I'm gonna keep on getting on you until I know, you do. I know. <laughs> no, I know. It was a horrible idea. I didn't think you were gonna be reading. Oh it. <laughs> man, you know. Well, you know, hey, it, it works out anyway. I think people yeah. will be able to get there, and we'll get some kids uh, learning some new skills. Uh, this summer. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast at uh, all of your major podcast venues, Spotify, Google, Apple, and most of your your smaller ones. So now that we've taken five minutes of your listening time, just going through Henrico CTE um, house notes and all that good stuff, I got to introduce you to the guests. Today we are speaking with them, and they came and visited us here. They were able to find us uh, here in, on Nine Mile Road. And today we're speaking with Thompson Consulting Engineers, COO Matt Haltner, and Vice President and Director of Construction, Keith Dignan. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. All Thanks right. for having us. Hey, thank you guys so much for showing up. And uh, hopefully you guys were able to find the place easy. Found it easy enough? Yep. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. I tried, I tried to give good directions in my email, Mike. <laughs> I, tried, I, tried, I tried to give good descriptive despite, directions. Despite Google Maps. Despite. You still had to give them directions. Well, you know, you, know, you got Google Maps and you got Waze, which I use. And sometimes it's I'm a, little, a Waze fan myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a little bit harder to find us, but they were able to find us. And now that they're here, guys, I'm going to ask you the hard question to start the show off. 
what is Thompson Consulting Engineers? And who wants to take that one? <clears throat> uh, we actually didn't plan this out, so we're, we're going to wing most of it. Okay, good. Yeah. That's how we like it. I actually prefer That's better that winging way. it. I'm be honest so, with so you. So appreciate the questions, but we're still going to wing it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so Thompson, Thompson Consulting Engineers is a mechanical, plumbing, electrical, and fire protection uh, consulting engineering firm. Um, we're head, headquartered here in Virginia, Hampton, but we do have office, uh, our office that Matt and I work in here in Henrico. We specialize in uh, building engineering uh, design, particularly K through 12. And, and that's how we've you know, linked up with you guys is we're doing some Henrico CTE projects now with the local architect, Quinn Evans. Oh, yeah. And, we've had uh, him on. We're a local engineering firm investing in our community. That's awesome. Can you guys share some of the details of what you're working on as far as the new facilities? Are you prepared to share some of that? Facilities we're working at now are Highland Springs CTE, which is a complete renovation of the, the two buildings there. And then over at Hermitage, we're doing a renovation plus an addition of a, a brand new two-story building that I guess it's all woods right now. But So yeah, we're bringing them up to your new standard with new lighting, new HVAC, plumbing, energy efficiency, which the, the county's really you know invested in. Should be exciting to see them come online. When you you guys mentioned you've done K through 12 structures prior to this, of course. So, what are some of the different considerations that you have to make when, I guess, designing a career technical education building? Because you do have to kind of make it lifelike for some of the students, right? So, if you're going into an auto body course or it's a industry like industry shop like shop like exactly. So, what are some of those considerations that you may have to consider when building a CTE related building as opposed to your standard K through 12 building. All those supplemental systems that go along with it are uh, really interesting. A standard air, air conditioning in a standard building is just the backbone in a CTE. Uh, if you take the auto lab, for example, you're gonna have tailpipe exhaust systems, other air cleaners, you have a lot of solvents if you're doing parts cleaners, things like that. And so it, it calls for an additional amount of exhaust for life safety and for student health and, and building health. So a shop class has dust collection systems. Um, a nursing class has might have piped in compressed air uh, and other other uh, nursing systems that complement the stations. Barbershops and the cosmetic yeah. labs have a, a whole lot of a regulation on exhaust requirements there too. So uh, that really impacts the the backbone, the main system. With all that additional exhaust you have to treat the makeup there and make sure the building still stays under control as pleasant for occupants. I say the ask that question just to point out like how different some of our classes are right how we really try to go that extra mile as to bring the real world to our students to prepare them for the real world when they go out there right so if you're going to try to talk to businesses like we do here in Henrico County here for Henrico CTE you got to be able to put some skills into those students' heads that the businesses can use when they walk across that stage or sign that paper on signing day. Yeah, we're not doing our job if we're not bringing those real-world skills to them. Just having them read it out of a book or, or watch it happen, they've got to be doing it on themselves, on but with their own hands, whether it's soft skills or whether it's the, the hard skills. And CTE is really a good combination of, of both of those things. You guys, talking about CTE education. Have you guys had any CTE education? Maybe at the high school level, maybe at the middle school level, maybe a typing class, a CAD class. All the above. <laughs> Both of us have very different paths, and it's really neat. Mine started in, in, in high school in James City County. I went to Lafayette High School. I was in the technical program. I took every class they offered. And in my senior year, I had extra classes, extra class periods with no class I needed to take, so I retook the classes. I'm old enough to have transitioned from hand drafting to electronic drafting on AutoCAD. So I took all the, I took the whole curriculum by hand, and then in my 11th grade year, the AutoCAD and software programs were introduced. So I retook the classes during instructional time, and would do two or three classes in one semester, because I already knew the curriculum. I just wanted to go through it and you, learn it. You, you're like one of those legends that went from. Real to real editing to digital editing. Yeah, was, they are like through that whole transition. <laughs> so you know, best of both worlds. It makes the young kids roll their eyes though, because they don't want to hear tired old stories from <laughs> a guy like me. But, so I, I did that. It was a, it really set the passion, helped me find what I wanted. And then funny, I went to college and I was doing economics, and I didn't really love that. Found myself leaving college and going back into drafting and design, and went right into the trade and started working. Worked my way up from the bottom. Let me ask you this, though. So what was your initial motivation for going for economics? I'm just just it, curious. It know? was easy. Oh, okay. I understood the principles of business. Just my dad was a director of uh, the business school at William & Mary, and it just 
something I was raised around. So I just, it was, it was like a natural thing. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't my passion. I liked it because I got good grades and uh, made my parents happy. But it just it wasn't enough for me. You got to find your passion uh, or find something that you can at least be passionate about. That's right. <laughs> we, to wake up and do every single day. What's your story, Keith? Uh, so I'm from Massachusetts. So they, they do it a little differently up there. So I went to a vote tech. So from ninth grade through 12th grade, I went to the same building all the time. And it was two weeks of shop. Oh, wow. You got started in ninth grade there. Uh, yes, sir. Right, so so you, you go through exploratory and you, you, you try a few different shops. Oh, nice. And then uh, you get to kind of figure out which one you like and move into it. You, so you go to shop for two weeks class for two weeks i eventually went into the electrical program and i was going to become an electrician and i got nearly 2500 hours towards my license and i was working with some electricians and my school even hired me to do electrical work there during summers and then i decided um you know what i i really don't love the the labor side of it but i do love electricity (laughs) yeah so i i went off to college and you know went to penn state and ended up getting my engineering degree just because you know that that was the building book i knew for sure uh, from probably about fourth or fifth grade i was going to do something with electricity and that's just how it took me there so and and my college education has been fantastic I, i love it but What's really helped me most in what I do as an engineer today is everything I learned those years. I learned how to use a code book. I learned how to read blueprints. I learned how to install it. I learned how to troubleshoot it. So that, that was big for me personally. So that's pretty cool because, you know, our students, they're doing it every other day and he's doing it two weeks two at weeks. a shot yeah. before he goes back to regular classes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was weird. Yeah, so we had the culinary arts students. They would make all the food mm-hmm. and they would go around and sell it for the, you know, the 25 cents a muffin or whatever. <laughs> I went to school a long time ago. So, But yeah, I mean, you wore your boots to school for two weeks straight. And then you went to class for two weeks straight and with all the regular classes, gym and everything else. But you had a, your your specific theory towards your your major, per se, each day for those two weeks and off and on. And then if your grades were well enough, your senior year, you can get if you got it, something in your trade that you were there a minimum of 30 hours a week, you didn't have to go to school. So I, I didn't go to school almost my entire senior year. Yeah, we've, we've got that, too. Yeah, <laughs> we do have that. Yep. I had a, uh, an idea that you might have went to Penn State. Uh, <laughs> well, because of the shirt? Yeah, the shirt. He's got yeah, a Navy Penn State have, logo on there. Yeah, I usually have a few <laughs> Penn State shirts going. But let's let's stick with the theme of uh, going from electricity to college because those are some things that, unfortunately, people do not put together, right? Like, you have a electrical electrical background. Let's talk about taking some of those skills. How did those skills help you while you were studying in college? Let's expand on that a little bit more. Well, I mean, a big part of it, especially what we do now, but even in college, you know, it, you still have to learn all the calculations that you're, you know, you're learning in at least your freshman, second year of. Um, yeah, electricity's college. not simple stuff. I'm telling you. No, but they're basic. Folks. They're basic calculations that you got to learn from yeah. the beginning, and in the end, they're the they're the heart of all of it. Even when you graduate graduate as a senior, you still need to know those calculations and work with them day to day. And those are the ones that I use more now as a professional than I did through college. So the fact that you were able to experience those and learn some of those while you were still in high school before you got to college that had to be an advantage absolutely over again another student somebody sitting next to you who didn't have the uh technical school background absolutely you know one of my best friends i was going to votech his parents wouldn't let him to go to votech you know because you can't you know quote quote go to uh college if you go to votech Wrong. But I went anyway. <laughs> well, it's a funny story because I was the first person to graduate from my school that went to a, a major college other than a community college at the time. Oh, wow. So, so it was kind of a big deal because that was beaten in the kids' heads was if you go here, you can't go to college. He's still trying to do some of that, uh, undo some of that. And still, it's funny, and he was my best friend, and I got no problem, but he never set foot in college after he graduated from the regular high school, and I went off to you know, Penn State. So, <laughs> it's funny how life know, works out. So, and he, even more funny, he went into the HVAC trade, which he would have probably been wow. better suited if he had yeah. gone off to the Votech. So, but it, it benefited me greatly. I excelled through college because of what I learned at my Votech CTE. You know, so so having experienced that, I mean, to this day, we're we still deal with the perception yes. is that going into the into our our A centers or into a technical school in high school is not a college bound yeah it automatically disqualifies you yeah exactly exactly that there's people that perceive that and what would you tell a parent or a student right now i mean both of you really have yeah for both you exactly what exactly would you tell somebody to say well you're wrong about that and this is why you're wrong and not just because of well i was the exception 
it, you're not the exception. You know, putting yourself through a CTE it gets that student to see the real world better than the description of what college will bring. I read an article today about college kids expecting to make twice as much as they really make uh, when they graduate because they're, they, they're, they've given misconceptions or the, the dream has been padded with a lot of hope. You know, going through a CT just put, I think it might ground a student better uh, to what is really out there. And then so when they go to college, they, they really get to apply themselves better because they see, they see a trade, they see what it could execute. You know, you see the, they see the follow through a lot more clear, I believe. Because they are, they are more grounded to the get out and work mentality. So Matt, how, how have you seen uh, some of your CTE training help you uh, during your career path? I know we were kind of grilling Keith over there, <laughs> and he handled it like a champ, by the way. But how have you seen it help you in your career? It put me back on track and recalibrated me because I was going down a different path. And so I, I knew that the, the path I started on was just one that I favored most. That, for starters, it brought me back. I did go out when I left uh, the college course of, of economics. I, I went back to work. And so I had to work from the ground up. And I had to be the drafter from drafting class. I had to uh, grow that ability. And I had to please the, the mentor, you know, the teacher, if you will, uh, that was my employer. And then from there, I had to build on it, you know, and go into the next class, the advanced class, so to speak, with what they would give me in task, tasks and, you know, to help me grow and grow my expert. And I think what really just led me was that I was told that leaving, co- leaving college was going to stop the promise. And I had to prove those people wrong. And that just lit a fire. And, yeah. you know, I worked every day for 22 years after that to prove them wrong, tell them that I can succeed, I can make a have a nice title, I can make a, a good, comfortable income for my family. And it's there. It's just what you put into it. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, that's 100% of it. Yeah, because I mean, that's one of the things, the, the pushback we hear. And what I see online when people make comments, if somebody brings up career and technical education, you know, you got all these people, oh, it worked for me, it worked for me, it worked for me. And then somebody else who didn't even touch it, they had no thoughts of it, think they know what the result is going to be. And it's like, oh, don't crush the child's dreams by telling them not to go to college. Well, I'm not telling anybody not to go to college. Yeah, that's never I'm telling you to pursue something that you of, of interest to you that can help you whether you go to college or whether you, you're not going to. And, Mike, we say it all the time on here, even if you find out it's not what you want to do. That'll exactly. That'll definitely exactly. save you some time in school. Yeah, if you're doing this, if you start this in high school, it's either one, you're going to find out this isn't the path that I thought it was going to be that was going to interest me. You know, because we've run into adults and yeah. and students have the same situation. You'll find out that wow, this is really solidifies. This is where I want to go. And maybe they were thinking, I'm going to go work for the contractor, but they also may think I'm going to go to college because I want to become. I want to go bump it up a level and become an engineer. I think I've mentioned this once before. We uh, I was talking to four students over at one of the projects that uh, the students were working on. The electricity students. There was only there was four kids standing there. Four young students. And I asked the four of them, I said, what are y'all doing when you graduate in a couple months? The first three, I'm, I'm going to go work for this contractor. I'm going to go work for that electrical contractor. I'm going to the, and the third one said, I'm going to college. I was like, oh, tell me what you feel you're taking from this program because you're going to college. He goes, well, I'm going to become an electrical engineer. I'm like, outstanding. He already had the college. He's already been, he'd already been accepted. And he says, without hesitation, without having to go look up in the sky and think for a minute, he said, the soft skills. The soft skills is what I'm going to take with me first. Yeah, so th- that story is not uncommon, and it's awesome that you were able, both of you guys were really able to share your stories with us to kind of put that myth out, right? To try to get well, rid of Well, for me, it, it showed me, okay, the, the path wasn't to become a contractor, but I, I it did solidify. I, I love electricity. I love the construction. Yeah. I love what it produces. I just wanted to be on the other end of it. Yeah. You know, for me personally. And so, like you said, the soft skills. It also gave me an idea of when I was designing. You know, compared to people who who, who just, just go straight from it. high yeah. school to college and then they design, they don't actually know what it looks like out in the right. field. It, right. It, it's symbols on paper to them. And um, you know, so I had that experience of I've actually installed this, you know, I wired doc, you know, I was apprentice, I did other things. So for me it was beneficial, you know, you know, even if you choose to go to college. And if you don't, you know, again, like they said, you know, college is not like yeah. The end of it. It's not the end of it. If you want certain you know, credentials or you know, PE or what have you, you need to have that you know, to go forward. But you can, we, we have lots of designers that work for us that don't have a college education that can run circles around plenty of engineers that I've seen. <laughs> and then another thing, my sister went through the same Votech. 
And then she ended up owning her own restaurant for several years. And then she decided, you know what, I'm really, this got boring to me. So she went back and now she teaches out of OTEC. But, you know, she went through DECA, you know. Yeah, we're familiar with that. And so she went through that and then turned that into not being a a chef and a restaurant owner, but a business owner. A business owner, yeah. And so it's not just one lane only that you have to stay in forever you, you know you can you know, hop on that highway and it, it, you get started going but then you can take different exits and see where it brings you it's, yeah it's because more than, it's more than one way to find success right matt i mean oh yeah i mean you, your story is 100 percent that I, I applied to be a drafter at thompson engineers when i applied on in 2000 and i came from doing the same for navy ship architecture and uh our present firm had an had some empty position. My uh, my mentor there was looking for replacement to college interns, and he enjoyed having the support and help to help him do the work. So he said, well, let me find a, a designer. Uh, I guess I was a little bit of right place, right time. They had a drafter's position open. He decided to fill that position with someone else and put me in as a designer role. Soft skills from the, yeah. uh, you know, learning how to work in the market already. I gave him that. And then from there, I just continued to work hard and, and see where it took me. Well, Keith is a professional engineer. He's registered. He's degreed. He's awesome at what he does. And uh, and I don't have a degree in engineering. And and I'm he and I are both you know proportionate owners of a firm with a couple other partners, and we do it together. And and n- nothing's holding us back from it. And I'd say equally proficient from the design perspective, with or without the BE. But, yeah. Um, I I was hired a similar way two years earlier in '98, but. I, I didn't think, you know, you old you don't have experience, you know, I'm not gonna hire you for this, you know, that catch twenty two. So I hired for drafting and my boss at the time, he's like, Well, I'll hire you for an engineer, but if you're not interested, you you can leave and I was like, Oh no, no, I'll take and so that's how I ended up getting there. So, no, don't send me home. Said, no, 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 I'll take I'll take the job, I'll take the job. But let's let us let us let us stay on the topic of industry and stay on the yeah. topic of careers. What kind of jobs are in demand in, in your industry? Well, right now, your example, the electrical engineer, high, high demand. Highest demand in the construction design market is electrical engineering. Really? By far. There are no electrical engineers. We've been looking for two and a half years uh, to find a, a good candidate, some with some experience. That'd be great. Even graduate engineers, they don't seem to want to go to the construction industry as much, so very hard to find. They should come to the construction industry because we pay well for electrical. I was going to ask that. So, what's the average yeah. salary salary would you say for an electrical engineer? If you can- about ten thousand more than a mechanical engineer, could be you know, if they got the right character and the right drive. You know, experience people, is always you know. A, a it did. It, yeah. For someone straight out of college, I, seventy I mean, seventy five. Um, whereas a mechanical may start at sixty five, you know seventy. The electrical has a leg up because they're in high high demand. Second to that, and in the engineering world, is the plumbing. Someone who's interested in plumbing design, plumbing engineering, that's uh, hard to find as well for us. Mechanical. A lot of, a lot of kids go to mechanical engineering. It's a more plentiful uh, position, but still hard to find. You, good talent's hard to find. Good character. Good folks with good, you know, people skills and. Uh, organizational skills very important. So maybe that's why uh, so, you thought it was a good idea to come in and uh, talk to us, maybe. <laughs> so, try, to, try to grow your own. As a, I mean, we've seen Well, it. I am selfish, absolutely. But um, <laughs> the other one that's really hard to find is the BIM Revit uh, drafting program. Drafting is a lost art right. to a degree. And what happens is a lot of the engineers in a lot of firms, they're doing their own drafting. And our firm is unique to that, is that we have a group of drafters and 3D modelers. We call them BIM modelers, BIM technicians. And, and instead of putting all that work under an engineer, we, we split it. And the engineer does calculations and things. And the BIM person really brings it all to life, puts it into a, into form, right? Our deliverable is, is a 3D model these days. It, it's a lot of time just getting into the weeds of doing the model right. Yeah, and if we can separate those two roles, which we have done pretty well over the years, we can do that, and and get more work done and have a more accurate, more meaningful model for our, our projects. Well, hey Matt, and sorry Mike, I'm gonna no, let, no. You get the, I'm gonna let you get the question off. Uh, but Matt, uh, you I'm mentioned so excited. In the, <laughs> you mentioned in the show before the show that you were actually talking to some of our CAD students. What what kind of role will they be playing? Hopefully, uh, we work out a deal and they come to work for us. They'd be a coworker role, first of all, be first and foremost, one with full benefits and vacation time and sick time and health care, too. Uh, but that never hurts. No, not at all. 
But He's um, always a salesman. <laughs> but um, I have two positions in the mechanical department. So in the mechanical department, we're doing HVAC uh, design. Keith would like one for electrical. We'll fight over them. <laughs> uh, but if, if one of these two students that, that I was given a reference for is more interested in electrical, then let's find their passion, right? Yeah. I can't be selfish. And uh, so they would, they, would take, uh, they would take designs that an engineer has done, and they would bring it to life in the model. They would uh, coordinate it with all the architecture and the structure. They'd route everything, size everything. They'd really, they really are the, the one that makes it all happen, right? It's the, the thankless jobs, which we do a lot of thanking for it, but they do the magic. They're, they're the magic in it, and so. And that sounds like that's right in their wheelhouse, too, because uh, they just finished working on the Playhouse for Enrico Casa. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with them, but they do a uh, Playhouse uh, uh, an event every year at Short Pump where they get a couple folks to make playhouses. Well, our carpentry and CAD kids got a chance to uh, design and build that playhouse. And the students designed a, uh, designed a, a castle mm-hmm. from from scratch, did the dimensions and how it should be built and everything. And it, it was on display at Short Pump. Uh, but as of this, but oh, as of this. Um, oh, the drawings happened? Huh? What? The, yeah, the drawings happened. There's oh, wow. There. Yeah, the house, the castle's going off to. Uh, whoever family, whoever's family that is, and uh, hopefully they enjoy that. But it was just awesome seeing them to do all the math and all the design. When we met with Mac, that he did mention that. Yeah, at the, at yeah. Short Pump. yeah. I would, I would say if if any of these applicants are listening, the next <laughs> castle that they could design is the new high school for Richmond Public Schools. Oh, nice! That we just secured as part of a team with an architecture team to work on. So, go from playhouse to. 300,000 square foot high school. That's a lot of room to play. That's a lot of yeah. room to play. It's pretty cool, right? And the, the cool thing with the kids here, they come out of school, they know they know what's in a school. They may never have, never have looked up. I stare at ceilings and lights and diffusers in the ceilings. Eventually they will too. And, and so they've been around it for several years and then they're going to, if they were you know, working with us, they would recreate that again in the model and then watch it come to life out in the construction site. So what do you think it's going to take for things to turn around to where a company like yours is not going to have to spend two years looking to fill a position? Well, we all go to market different to recruit. From an engineering position, you know, we, we stay a little lean, so we're, we recruit as needed, which it's good at times, it's bad at times. So for me, meeting Mac and actually being in the interview as we pursued the ACE centers, yeah. it's what it's what started this today for us. Yeah, I sat in the interview. I listened to the passion that uh, Susan Moore, your director of facilities, and yeah. Matt, Mac and everybody had. They talked a lot about you guys wanting to get students involved, and you know, that sold me. And so that's what led to this. So what it takes for a firm like ours is that we have to be more deliberate about connecting with people. If we want to get our hands on the opportunity to meet those people, we have to find ways to, to market ourselves uh, in the right places. You know? And it's going to job fairs. It's going to colleges. It's going to here. This is untapped talent. And, you know, I hope I'm first. Right. <laughs> yeah, if, our, if our competition's listening, we've been here first. And well, a lot of these don't bother coming. Probably don't think, oh, engineering firm's going to be my next stop after I leave here. They're, yeah, they're yeah. probably not trained to realize that we are an option. You know, you know hopefully they're aware that they're, they're, the engineering community is in need of, of these students big time. Electrical engineer, most in demand. I made sure I made note of that. It, 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 it's been on decline. Even when I was in college, it, really? it's just been a decline you, for some reason. You know, what do you think they, is behind that? Well, uh, honestly, goodness, I think most electrical engineers are walking around wearing a pocket protector, you know, wearing the same, you know, brown pants and right. whatever <laughs> every day of the week. A little bit nerdy, you know, perspective, uh, or which is not true, but but yeah, yeah, they get into it. It's a big field, electrical, electronics, and then they all kind of go off towards the computer and electronics side of the industry, right? It's, more than as the electrical, to commercial, right? Uh, the commercial side of the industry. So mm-hmm. let's talk about room for growth. So the kids get there. How much room for growth will they have um, when they start? I applied to be a drafter and now <laughs> chief o- chief operation officer. I guess the proof is sitting right yeah, in front of me. Unlimited. Right? The sky's <laughs> the limit. It's, and I, yeah, same thing. I applied, but we also have several designers, senior designers that have been with us for twenty plus years. That their first ten years, they were draftsmen. They paid attention to what they were drafting. Kind of got an idea of what was going on. You know, picking up some of, some of the the marks and the comments from the engineers and designers. You know, eventually, you know, really stepped up and said, "Hey, you know, 
I like the drafting, but I'd like to learn a little bit more. I'd like to grow a little bit more. We're always receptive. If people really love and enjoy the drafting, and that's your world, that's great. But if you want a little bit more, learn a little bit more, apply yourself a little bit differently for the company, we're always receptive. Give it a try. Yeah, it's always nice to hear when uh, companies are looking to grow grow the folks that are already there. You know what I mean? So We definitely, we you know... We try to bring an empowerment message to our to our staff and, and to people who want to grow and, and learn. If, if you want to stay the status quo, you're going to stay the status quo. The more we can find that talent and tap into it and, and help help them, if we're all in it together at the firm, let's put them in the right place to go the right direction. So we mentioned we're looking for students. What are, some, what are the most important skills that they can have coming out of when they come to you guys? Character, the emotional intelligence. That's a big deal. I can teach them design of air conditioning. Keith, right. Keith can teach them electrical. It, we'd love for them to know the Revit programs because they're coming out of those classes. But from there, what's most important to me is the character of a person, you know, having the ability to to be in a room of adults. You know, it can still be a, a, a young man or young lady and be a kid at heart. I'm still a kid at heart. They would find that out quickly after a day with me. But... Um, <laughs> Do the simple things that, that life expects of you at, at 18 plus years old. That's, that is important. Uh, working working with each other, ha- trying to communicate as best as you can. It doesn't, that doesn't sound like a big ask, but apparently it's an issue because we hear it all the time yeah. from yeah. businesses that sit across from us on the show. Co- colleges, like I said, my, my father's experience at William Mary, colleges teach uh, classes to future graduates about uh, emotional intelligence because Everybody's so focused on their expert, their their thing, right? One yeah. person wants to do this, and there'd be finance or be engineer, be whatever, and they get so lost in that trade or that profession that they forget how to communicate. You know, telephones and cell phones and you know texting, incomplete sentences—they all hurt one's ability to communicate and connect with people. It's easy to connect electronically. I can send somebody to the other room and text me his message if he wants, yeah. but that's not going to get him or her the growth that they need in, in the firm or in an organization that requires interface with other people. So just really that's important. Introverts are everywhere in an engineering firm. We, we don't mind introverts. They don't have to be extroverts. But they just want to have to be willing to to, to partner with each other and, and have some connection grow. And be able to work as a team, right? That's basically Absolutely. what it sounds Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Like We're it. heavy on the you know, collaborative efforts. You know. A, in the office, but, you know, when we do a big project, you're working with architects, civil engineers, structural engineers, all these other, you know, industries and trades. And so, yeah, you, you need to be part of that big team for the collective goal of that project. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it go, it's a lot that uh, goes into baking the cake of a building, right? <laughs> and we're also looking for people that are always looking to learn more. You know, yeah. everything is constantly evolving in, in everywhere. But, you know, we started out literally with blueprints and an old ammonia machine to everything was you know on CAD to Revit you know so who knows what's happening next so you know the ability to just want to keep learning and growing is important too well let's stay with that how long how, how long have you guys been in the industry and how have you seen it grow over over time I mean I started in July of 98 so uh, coming up on 24 years so I mean <laughs> it's grown in so many ways I mean I mean it had to grow I mean, we, we were still using too. we were still Transmitting information back and forth, uh, you know, uh, clients and architects with facts. I mean, so we, it's it's come a long way. We, when we would have to print the big job back in the day, you know, we would literally set the printers on overnight, and then it would take a day for for the job to plot. Wow! Well, now you just hit, you know, print on PDF, and everything's done electro- electronically. So, <laughs> but it's also changed things because now everyone everyone compresses everything, so you're you're working up to the deadline much more. Where you know, if a deadline was on a Friday before, well, we got to stop on Tuesday because it's going to take us two days to print this stuff. So everything kind of changed, you know. Less less changes were made then because everything was done hand drafting or, or auto, you know, regular CAD, and then you had to reprint everything. Now they realize, oh, you can just digitally redo everything if you need to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, quick, quick last minute, change. make a quick quick adjustment. <laughs> what about what about you though? Have you have you seen the the industry change in, in your time of being a part of it? Take all what Keith just said. Absolutely, uh, I'd say how important it is to be accurate. For a mechanical now, is the importance has just grown. The responsibility in the field to coordinate and adjust and tweak has uh, diminished, and the field now relies on us to do all that, which is what makes our positions, like our BIM positions, so important. The the field no longer utilizes uh, common 
reason at times. They say, well, this is where you showed it. This is where it must go. If you want me to change it, pay me to change it. And, and, and so I'd say that it, the, burden of, the burden of responsibility has shifted to what we put into our, our 3D models these days. Uh, and it's been, uh, our firm takes that seriously. So those 3D models have got to be tight. <laughs> well, don't the, those tools make it easier for you to be more accurate because of the 3D modeling and, and it's showing you in real space where things go versus a two-dimensional drawing? Absolutely. It does, where you but don't have it's also garbage in, garbage out. So if you're not True, inputting yeah. <laughs> If There's you don't that. input everything accurately, <laughs> right. Then, right. Yeah. you know, then your 3D model's not, it's going to look pretty, but if it wasn't the correct information, you know. We used, right. we used to rely on notes. We would draw the drawing as like a symbolic representation, and we'd say in notes, fill in the blanks with these things, the damper, the nut, the bolt, the screw, whatever. And so now we have to show every single one of those. So the, the level of detail that you have to put into it to make sure that it's covered yeah, it's important. It's it, it has changed a lot. I'd say that's one thing that's changed. And you're know, going back to what Keith said about the technology. It's just incredible how different. I mean, just through the Corona experience here, the, the COVID. That's thing, a good point. We we could never prior. We weren't good at doing things as a multi office, but learning how to work virtually has actually. That's what allowed us to open our Richmond office in June. We've expanded twice because we're growing so quickly. We went from the small section, we grabbed a piece, and now we're going to expand a, a second time. And next week, I'm opening a Virginia Beach office for us, for our staff there. Instead of having them drive through a tunnel to Hampton, we're going to open a new office and have three. Your, your students or listeners who may come to work for us may decide they want to live at the beach one day, and they could relocate and work out of the beach office all the same and, and take up surfing or whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> But but it has, it's really taught us a lot. We've really... We've really it's been great. Our team, our leadership has really struggled in a positive way to get to where we are. I'm not going to hold you guys much longer. Just two more questions. And uh, first, I want to know, uh, why should why should students uh, get into this industry? Why is this a good industry to be in? And then secondly, um, where can they go to get more information about this industry or more information about jobs available from you guys? Going back and seeing some of these projects that you built. It's pretty rewarding, you know, design the, the school three miles from my house that my kids were going to go to. And it's pretty, pretty neat to see. It's a well-paying industry these days. I mean, that never wh- hurts. whether you're on the construction or the hurts. design side, it's a very well-paying industry. And construction and design and construction is just a good place to be right right now. Yeah. Think about like you know, the work we've done for Henrico schools over the years, Verina High School in 2013. You know, a student who worked, say a student was an employee of our firm and did that, every time they drive by, they're going to know a little bit extra about that building, what went into it, the fact that it has this kind of system and these kinds of things in it, right? Um, if it was their own old school, right, the own alma mater, then they, I did that at Lafayette. We did some work at Lafayette High School. It was really neat to go back, first go back there. It's like, wow, this is weird. To then, you know, just kind of feel like you left your touch on it. My wife hates riding in the car with me down certain parts of town because we would drive yeah, out. Look, I designed that. I designed that. Somehow that, that. That's a common theme with Man, folks in construction that my, we hear. My dad, I, 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 now that he's passed away, now I, I tell other people, like, my dad worked on that building. My dad worked on yeah. that building. You know? There was a certain <laughs> so pride it, that it keep, he had. Yeah, because yeah. it keeps on going. I, I go, that building is still up. Where, <laughs> or you could be like, my dad griped about building that thing for three straight years. I mean, because that's what happens now sometimes. You know, well, you're a tough design or what have you, or you, know, you got strange conditions and you gripe about it. Like, oh, I remember my dad griping about that. <laughs> I mean, so and for us, one of our recent hires last year, he said something that really, really stuck with me a lot. You know, why work in what we do in our firm? Our firm touches communities more than others. Our firm is a municipal. K-12 government, local government style firm. That's the kind of work we do. And so uh, when I asked him what appealed to you about our firm over his former firm that did a lot of high-rise retail, he said, you know, he made a difference to the the people. You're touching the communities. And that was a value that you you tend to forget when you do it all the time. You don't realize it and not good to verbalize that. But, you know, that's the fact that it was meaningful. It was more than just a job. It was you know, seeing that community center we designed or that new fire station we designed, a police department or whatever. I was going to say, yeah, so yeah, we emphasize that we do a lot of K through 12, which we do. We yes. do higher ed, but yeah, we, we do a lot of fire stations, police stations, public safety buildings. Dealerships, um, car dealerships. Yeah, you know, city hall work at various, you know, so we do a lot of, you know. You get a variety of work. 
and not to say the office buildings, you know, <laughs> yeah. aren't important, but you know, we take some pride in the fact that we do touch a lot of facilities that benefit our community in some sort of service, whether it's yeah, you know, the place to go for your health needs or or school or your your public safety people have all these new buildings. So there there is some appreciation on our end that we get to you know do that type of work i know i said only two more questions but i do have to add that it's like 2.5 okay so (laughs) we're in no rush (laughs) 2.5 i don't want to hold you long i don't want to hold you long but i was going to ask you like what was your favorite project i mean you guys mentioned so many different things that you guys work on and I see you guys. I know it's hard to say. It's like saying, "What's your favorite child?" Right? We got. What's a, your favorite project? I, I got. got a, I got twins. Uh, there's no. I'm a, I, I am a twin. So there you go. Well, I'd say there's there's probably two or three that stand out. One of them, Keith and I did way back when we were in 2006. We were approached to design a fountain for the Mariners Museum in Newport News, and nice. He's an electrical engineer, and I do HVAC. What do I know about designing a fountain? Right. If you've ever been to the Mariners Museum, it's this big grand fountain. It's got this staircase of water. Oh, you guys did that. The propeller. (laughs) And so we designed that. The water comes down. It kind of supposed to be a whitewash. So uh, our bosses challenged us to go figure it out because we took on the job and we kind of figured out what we're doing. (laughs) So uh, it was really neat. I learned how to design a pool, basically, from a mechanical perspective and and all the components that go in it. And Keith, Keith, with all the underwater lighting and stuff, we we were challenged to do challenge to do it while at a profit so we had to learn it do it knock it out and uh so just that experience was really cool i was yeah because it wasn't the the biggest dollar value project by any means right. but it was right as unique as you're going to get for the most part and it, it sounds like give you a lot of experience to take with you right my uh my most recent meaningful project is we brought a net zero school to uh, Virginia Beach public schools by accident, um, <laughs> and, I, and I'll say that a hundred. You bet you didn't do it on purpose. Well, we did, but it, I mean, I don't know. Sort of. <laughs> so what happened was it was a, it was several projects that came together over a course of time, and for one, it was to do a HVAC replacement and bring geothermal to the building. So we do a lot of geothermal, which is really cool. We do a lot in Virginia Beach; they're really big on geothermal. And so first step is we did a geothermal design, and then after that we had a. Um, initiative to do a, uh, a solar project. Keith uh, came up with, uh, partnered with them and came up with a solar project to put solar panels across the roof. It's called a PPA, Power Purchase Agreement. And so we went and we put solar on it. We said, well, hey, let's try and max it out. The building was doing really well energy efficient wise anyway. And then last, the, a different initiative was just to do an energy performance contract, which would you know, fixed insulation, weather stripping, and I got to sneak in some more HVAC equipment to get it all on geothermal. Yesterday, nice. yesterday I saw a power bill. In four months, they paid less than $600 for power over four months, as opposed to $45,000 a month in a power bill for a typical school, say. Wow. So the, the, the building hit net zero without the, the glamour and the uh, effort of, of a big shiny project that's, super, that's all the pop and circum, pomp and circumstance yeah. that's around and then has all the extra yeah. funding and all the attention yeah. it just happened and it's a building that was built in 1970 or 1980 something like that so it wasn't even a building intentionally built to be high efficient and, and we got it down to net zero by accident it's pretty cool <laughs> that's pretty cool and so for any of our uh, building owner listeners like Henrico schools themselves <laughs> we'll be happy to give you Look any net man. zero building you like <laughs> It's not that hard. It's not that expensive. Really isn't. What about you? Favorite project? I got a couple. Yeah, there was one I did. Um, I did a project at the Department of Homeland Security, and for me, it was neat because I'll probably never get to do one just that elaborate. It's, it's the old Saint Saint Elizabeth Mental Hospital there. Yeah. And um, so it was a hundred and fifty year old building uh, that they wanted to maintain, but it had no basement, and we needed. To put all the they had no electrical rooms 150 years ago didn't have air conditioning so they had to create a basement in a building that was 150 years old and we did this complete uh renovation to this building i mean to see it was like night and day i'm sure like you yeah, see, it was complete well but what was neat about it is like the the, the electrical stuff that we did to it you had, it's the department of homeland security headquarters so yeah i could probably only say so much about it but like <laughs> it, it can't go down without power so i had you know all these multiple feeds and multiple generators and you know, from an electrical design it was as 
one of the more complex I've ever done and probably won't find myself doing again. So it was pretty neat for that one. Yeah, we did some nice high schools. I mean, I'd say one of the projects we did, Matt and I together, Kellum High School, which was a big one in Virginia Beach. At the time, it was going to be, you know, first lead platinum and round. round. It was a round building, huge school. Um, they ended up getting it completed. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful building. But um, it was submitted, and uh, it was the the fifth. It ranked the fifth best school in the entire world at the time. Wow, so it was pretty neat to be part of that process. I hope you guys got that on a plaque somewhere. And uh, I believe the architect, so the architect okay. did. Somebody does. Somebody, somebody's got to have that. That's a that is an interesting. <laughs> yeah, so it was a, a really cool design to be part of. Absolutely. So, guys, uh, final question: How how can students find out more? How can they find out more about the opportunities offered uh, uh, by you guys? So so. F- for, for how they can for Thompson Engineers is definitely uh, connect with us through through your CTE program, through uh, Kim and others who we've made contact with for starters. Uh, this year, uh, the summer's starting, and so we're looking for full-time staff. Next summer, summer 2023, we intend to have an internship-like program for our BIM Revit. So, you know, your rising seniors, your 11th graders who, are, uh, who want a summer job, yeah, we're going to have some positions available to hire them to help and and to take their skills they learned in eleventh grade, say if they're in the classes and and, and go through you know doing some BIM work and some dra- uh, Revit work and drafting, you know perhaps it's their future and and they want to you know build upon that. So we want to set up that intern program, kind of that's the way to help us find find talent is to create an opportunity for them to come see us. They can always go to our webpage. It's uh, www.m jtengineers.com or if they were in Google and searched Thompson Consulting Engineers we should pop up uh, we have offices in Hampton and Richmond soon to be in Virginia Beach soon to be in Virginia Beach coming soon you can uh, email me the kid, kids can click on my picture it's not a very good looking one but um, <laughs> my name is Matt so I'm the only one on the there you can email me if they have a question um, that's a start you know if they're interested in engineering and they want to go to college I mean, VCU has a great program locally. ODU has a great program. Both of those are close to our offices. Well, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this uh, or you know this about our High Tech Academy program, but it actually offers uh, over 28 credits towards VCU's engineering program if they complete those two years successfully. High Tech Academy, they do a whole bunch of different engineering stuff from chemical Mm. to mechanical, Mechanical. all kinds of cool stuff like that. That's awesome. And if we had an employee who has, like, good standing and great reputation – great place in our firm and they wanted some tuition reimbursement they decided to pursue their engineering degree from BIM Revit they said hey I like it but it's a stepping stone they want to go farther you know if the right person's putting the effort in right and we want to make them an engineer and help them with it you know we offer tuition reimbursement to a degree and so there's always those options too to help make those things a reality it's not something uh we don't put people through college for them to leave. Of course, we want them to yeah, stay, and, stay around, and, and, and we really yeah. want to enjoy their company for quite some time. That investment, <laughs> but uh, right. <laughs> I mean, we're not averse to it. So there's, there's ways to do it. So yeah, it's not just the 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 BIM drafting student that we're working with. Yeah, that HVAC guy that or electrical guy that was like me that knew oh, that yeah. this is their thing, but maybe not the exact construction side of it. And they're looking to come in, you know, you might be able to teach a little bit of design. You might realize you like it. <laughs> come on, hang out with Or, you know, you get that. Hang you know, out that with the guys. Son, that, that rising senior that comes in, maybe they learn design for, you know, eight weeks over the summer. Yeah. Maybe it's simply nothing more than it helps them choose that path. You know, I got to see both sides of it now. Which way, which direction do I want to go? I mean, before we close, one last thing, one, you know, one job description we didn't really talk about that Keith is in charge of is our construction team. So we have a a group of construction administrators and commissioning agents that mostly came from the trade. Yeah, so these are guys that go out to job sites daily. I mean, they they wear the boots, they wear the hard hat too, but they're they're observing it from an engineer's and owner side of things, right? And, and observing construction and you know overseeing things in that regard. So so they don't have to get down and dirty with the construction of it, but they get to still be out at the job site. If that's a like you know, you know what? I I don't want an office job, but I don't necessarily want to be you know 
building the thing. It's a happy medium. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another opportunity that Thompson offers. It does look for more field experience. It's not def- it's definitely not something that a high school graduate alone would 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 benefit from right out the gate. Right. It's not not as entry level. It's not. It mm-hmm. it, it does take tradesman experience or or a combination of that and design because they need to be able to protect the owner's interest, their investment. You know, you guys as Enrico owners, right? As far as I'm concerned, if you're, you're having a building built, we send the people out there to make sure that the contractor's doing it correctly. And uh, and that's a really important role. Yeah, make too. sure it's in good hands. Yeah, for 100%, sure. 100%. So they can always go to our webpage, read our careers page, see what the careers page describes. We try to do a good job describing the job and what a company like ours offers. And you see what's attractive to them. And I would also say one thing, too. We may not always be listing the correct thing on the careers, but if it's an ambitious person that can apply themselves and they don't even see it, but they know that's the field they want to go, email one of us. Reach out. Reach out. Let them know what they have to offer and why we can't live without them. And maybe something will happen. Hey, Mike, that sounds like permission to put their emails in the show notes. That's what that sounds like. There we go. I'm, that's what I'll do. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out and hanging out with us here on Henrico CTE Now. Uh, before we let you guys go, I want to remind you, check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, we have a TikTok. And Twitter, all at the handle Henrico CTE. Also, summer programs are open for registration. Visit HenricoCTE.com forward slash summer hyphen programs forward slash uh, to sign up for summer polytech available to 9th and 12th graders and summer building trades for rising 10th and 11th graders. So, Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on all of your major and most of your minor podcast venues. Check us out. Look us up on one of your on your favorite uh, podcast app. Like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We've got uh, we do them every other week, twice a month. Please don't miss. We've got four years of content. Oh, we, got, we got a lot of content. There's tons of companies and business leaders and and uh, and other interesting people that we've interviewed. You need to get out there and get caught up. Binge. Yeah. It, it's it's evergreen. Do some binging. I like to call it evergreen shows. Those shows <laughs> they they never get old, right? They're seasonal, year round shows that you can listen to. And you don't even have to go to Henrico County Schools. You don't have to go to Henrico County Schools. The the information is beneficial to anybody yep. who wants to get into any of these fields uh, and, and listen to any of these professionals that we have on Henrico CTE. Now, all right, guys, that's it for us. For Matt, for Keith, for Mike, I'm Rashawn. This is Mike. Now, until next time. So